Do you think that uh, bourbon sauce is a good idea? I think it's fucking so stupid. I think it's the number one cause of global warming. Why do you think <laughs> bourbon sauce is stupid? Okay, some people like the taste of it, but it's definitely acquired taste. And when you haven't acquired it, it tastes like ass. And so they're like, oh, yeah, let's put this on food, too. So food can also taste like ass. Why? What's your preferred alcohol? I think they all taste like ass. I mean, oh, oh you don't like alcohol. I, I'll drink it. Dylan, you're asking the wrong question. Ryland... What's your preferred flavor of ass? <laughs> Grape. <laughs> oh, boy. So this is going to be pretty challenging. Okay, let's get you ready for your wedding. Up and up. My job to give 100%. It's important for us to pause for a moment. Okay. This is Life Pile Podcast, the only podcast that's in your telomerse. I'm lifestylist and lifestyle expert Camden Johnson. I'm a class five telekinetic with shocking auburn hair and a deep need to make everything about me, Dylan Bragasa. A little peanut a day keeps the allergies away. Hmm. It's Ryland. That's my name. <laughs> it's Mr. Well, I, Peanut with his cane so, monocle. Just to be sure that everything's set up for the court system, you are recommending that people with peanut allergies have a little peanut every day. Yeah, they should have a little peanut. In my research... Oh, kind of like a peanut vaccination. Yeah, yes. In my research today, I saw that people with peanut allergies, if they have a little peanut a day... They uh, lose their allergy, so... Yeah, I don't believe that at all. <laughs> it's true. It's true. I did it with my cat. <laughs> what is that? What do you, Did your cat have a peanut allergy? <laughs> no, I was allergic to cats, and then I got a cat myself, and I rubbed my face in it every day, and now I'm not allergic to cats anymore. Uh-huh. Life Pile Podcast <laughs> is the podcast for finches who don't let island barriers get between them and the lifestyle section. Every week, we bring you the lifestyles that you need to know about. This week, we're focusing on mutants. That's right, Professor Xavier. This week, we're doing all the lifestyles all having to do with mutants. Hell yeah. I think I really wanted to be a heterochromia mutant in elementary school. I was just trying to find anything that would make me unique. Little did I know, I had a big thing that would make me unique, but not in a fun way. And when you say heterochromia, that's when you have different colored eyes? Correct. Yes, I didn't explain that. There's two different colors eyes. You wanted to look like a dog. And it's assumed that one of them is a very cool color. Like a neon blue. (laughs) Or brown and black. I think I saw on the internet somewhere that you could have purple eyes. Um, no, you can't. You cannot. I read oh, that as okay, a 12 good. year old and was like, this is real. <laughs> I just wish yeah. I had those lizard eyes that shoot blood when you're angry. Ugh. Y'all heard about those? Didn't Ryland have a, a self defense class where I talked about <laughs> blood eyes? Right. I don't know if it made it in or not. <laughs> I, I feel like that's one of the things that human beings have really fallen short in, where a lot of members of the animal kingdom use bodily fluids as like projectiles, and like we don't have any sort of cool thing we can do. Yeah, in fact, we sort of fetishize any of our bodily fluids. Like, we watch mm. pimple-popping videos. No. Like, uh. Yeah, that's. I agree, it's disgusting. It is disgusting. I don't understand that. Some people so. really love that. I mean, obviously. I think about how much money is generated by the... No. <laughs> I can't. I, don't crunch those numbers. <laughs> I love to bring things up and then mid-sentence cut myself off no, and no, go, no, 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 no stop no, no, talking no, no, about no. this, you guys. <laughs> Didn't they make a TLC show recently? Oh, Dr. Poppingsworth's. <laughs> yeah, there's an actual televised show. It's so gross. Dylan, when I was a kid, I too kind of had this innate wish to be mutant but specific to my upbringing i never broke a bone my whole life i still have yet to break a bone and i was a very heavy set child and i used to think maybe i'm not heavy set maybe i just have extremely thick bones (laughs) and that's why i never break a bone and that's why the numbers go up so high on a scale every time i step on one because you're indestructible you're the colossus of colorado i'm like the thing from the the famous four 
the famous four. <laughs> so if we were to make our own mutant squad, mutant and proud, I feel like I'm definitely going to be some kind of tele anything. I'll be the tele. I'll be the tele mutant, telekinetic, telepath, television, teletubby, and we'll call you Donatella. Ooh, Donatella Dilsachi. <laughs> And then we've got Cam is is the indestructible thing from the Fabulous Four. (laughs) Is that that your desired mutant, Cam? If you could be a mutant, what would you go for? Oh, man. If I could be a mutant, I'd shoot blood out of my eyes at my enemies every time I got upset. Like when my manager was like, I'm going to need this by the end of the day. And I would just eat have blood all over him all of a sudden. (laughs) She's squinting at him real hard. Yeah, that's gross. That's really gross. You'd be shamed for that, too. Do we have two liquid shooting boys in this mutant? We group? sure do. I don't I don't want to assume that Ryland is P boy, but Whoa. that is where my mind goes first. Whoa. What would you want, Ryland? Yeah, that's a mutation. P <laughs> projectile like defense P. I mean, if I could pick anything, I would be a jelly man or something. You know, I'd be able to change really? my body into whatever shape I want. That would be Siaka. Okay, so are you jelly though? So you couldn't be like form of car and then be made out of metal. You'd be like a jelly car. Jelly yeah. car. Be, like you come up and touch it and it's fleshy and gross. <laughs> What's your name for that mutant? The Jugler? The Judler? Jugler. <laughs> The Jugler. I like the Jugler. I don't know how it fits in, but yeah, he's the Jugler because he's jelly and he juggles. He juggles. He juggles down the street. <laughs> You're juggly. <laughs> yeah, that's me, the Jugler, for sure. Get in my fleshy car. <laughs> I, I wouldn't like be able to drive. Like it's not like I could suddenly spin my wheels fast enough to be a car. Like, no, I you just lift up your something. jelly haunches and just kind of crawl <laughs> yeah. forward on all fours. Oh, disgusting! <laughs> and and you know he's just full of homeless people all the time. That he's just giving rides back yes, and forth in his Jugler car. <laughs> I would jump into a lake if I saw a giant <laughs> flesh mobile crawling towards me on all fours, brimming with homeless people. That's terrifying. God, you guys are mean. Open Ugh. your minds, open your hearts to the jelly car. I will not, Jugler. Cam, do you have a name for your mutant person? Ralph, I yell my blood in your eyes. Raphael, my blood in your eyes. Oh, that's a mouthful. I always am. From my eyes to yours. This holiday season. Do you guys know about, there is this fly whose life cycle is that it lays its eggs in the mucus of moose. The way it lays its eggs is it hovers like at like eye level a foot away from the face of a moose and it shoots its eggs into the nostril of the moose like projectile launches its eggs into the eyes the, the nostrils of the moose but sometimes these flies get confused and they mistake our faces for moose faces <laughs> and just <laughs> shoot their eggs at your God. face oh. and they'll be the fourth member of our team <laughs> the moose fly what does webster's dictionary define as mutation is evolution mutation i think so i think it's just any differentiation different different differentiation (laughs) well it's i mean it's all just made a definition because there's no such thing as like what the norm is like there are chicken beauty competitions where people breed their chickens to match these specifications from a handbook in the 1950s. But each judge has different ideas of what that handbook is saying a chicken should look like. And it causes from like one season to the next for these like humongous crazy changes in these weird ass looking chickens. Like if you tried to define chicken, you wouldn't put furry feet in there. But a lot of chickens have those furry feet. Those are horrible. What? You don't like? They're so stylish. Have you seen the huge, the huge velociraptor ones? Chickens? Oh, yeah. God, now I have to put this on the Instagram for people to be horrified (laughs) by. Hold up. Oh my, how did it fit out of that hole? <laughs> this is not real. There, there's a child in these feathers. No, that is a chicken and it is real. Check it out on the gram, everyone. It's like a small cow. What the fuck? It's so beautiful. Well, 
if a cow was bipedal and it was covered in feathers and it had wings and it wasn't a cow and it had a beak. But it has like a built-in saddle like that dip. I would ride that. <laughs> it does look like the bottom half of one of those person riding an ostrich costumes that we just saw a few weeks ago in uh, Halloween. A few weeks it, ago. A it week definitely ago. looks like a Jim Henson creation. The way it moves. Are you punking me? Yeah. Is everything just really small in this video? Okay, Ashton. Ashton, come on. No. He, he guessed it. Get in here, Ashton. <laughs> come on, Ash. Uh, did we get any user submissions we wanted to use? Oh, we did. And speaking of, guys, I want to introduce you to somebody. Okay. Hey, fellas. It's me, your new intern, Sharon. What? Oh, hey, Sharon. So nice to meet you. Where wow. did we find Sharon? Did she respond to our Indeed ad mm -hmm. or our LinkedIn post? Or <laughs> I found you guys on the Craigslist personals. All right. I didn't know that they rebooted that. Yeah. Glad, glad to have you on the team, Sharon. The moment it was rebooted, I had to post our ad there. It's the only place that we're still allowed to post ads for employment. <laughs> well, we've had extensive meetings with the LifePile HR department down on the 24th floor uh, since we all got murdered last week mm -hmm. by our previous intern. So right. Cam is hopefully going to be ship shape and ready to go with this new intern and we will have no PR disasters that we record and put on our podcast. At least not for another year, Cam. Just hold on to it, okay? I have no idea what you guys are talking about. <laughs> I've never been anything but a consummate professional. Sharon, it's a pleasure to meet you. I'm looking forward to working with you. Thanks, fellas. I'm so excited. Let's get to it. Let's. Sounds great. What's our first submission for one of our beautiful life pilers? Life pile army? Yeah. Lippers? The All lips. of the above. The lips, for sure. So we asked folks what type of mutation they would like to have if they could have one, or if they do have an existing mutation. And I understand that we did get one person who did have a mutation. Is that correct? Yeah, I think so. Should we start with that one? Let's. Here's our first submission. Tongue-tied. It's the dumbest mutation ever. There's flesh connecting my tongue to the bottom of my mouth. I can still extend my tongue, but I can't stick it past my bottom lip. Thanks for listening. Was that Sharon thanking us for listening or was that the <laughs> I think that listener? was the user. Well, regardless, you're welcome, Sharon. I didn't know that tongue tying was actually a real thing. Did you guys know that's an actual thing? No, and thinking about this makes me squirmy. It's like having built-in handcuffs on a part of your body <laughs> where your body refuses to let you perform a certain action. But I imagine if you grow up your whole life a certain way, it doesn't feel like that. That's like me being like... Oh, it's so restrictive that my elbows only allow my arm to bend forwards and back into straight and it doesn't go all the way around like <laughs> omnidirectional joints. It's like I've been living like this for a minute. I feel fine. Do you ever think flamingos are like, oh, weird. One of my knees Whoa. bend this way. Bend those back. I remember in elementary school, I had a friend whose older brother, he did that thing where you cut more underneath your tongue, the webbing away. So he could stick his tongue out really far. So hanging out as an elementary school kid, looking at my friend's older brother's tongue in his house was a scary experience for me. There's a lot of scary shit you could do with tongues. The whole splitting phenomenon. Yeah. I don't know if people are still splitting. That's a bummer. It's Why is that me. a bummer? Why are you yeah. bummed? Uh, because it's gross and it's not normal and everything <laughs> needs to be the way it's supposed to be. But you can make Please. your tongue salsa dance now. Dylan, don't like it. I think you're going to have a beautiful character arc through this episode and by the end of it you're going to realize that there's no normal there's no supposed to be there's just a spectrum of genotypes and phenotypes and we all gotta love each other We'll see about that. Bah, I'm trying to humbug. think of what <laughs> use you would have for a tongue that can extend past your lower lip. What what would that inhibit? Ice cream, I guess? Uh, I've heard you can't roll your R's. Oh, can never go to Mexico. You can never go. <laughs> they will not let you in. At the border, they do an, an R roll uh -huh. check. And they have a slow-mo camera that will zoom in on your tongue. <laughs> Ricardo becomes Hallelardo. You could do one of those uh, Flintstones push pops, though, if you did need to get your ice cream fixed. You could just shove that tube of cream right in your mouth, mm. and you don't have to worry about getting your tongue out there and licking on a cone. Yeah. You could just do tiny licks a lot on a on an ice cream cone like like a baby deer <laughs> oh this is a good <laughs> mutation baby deer tongue i am into this 
Sharon, do we have any mutations listeners would like to have? Aspirational mutations? Asputations, if you will? I'm so glad we're finally talking about asputations. Asputation sounds like something you'd rub on your chest if you got a little phlegm in your lungs. (laughs) Mom always used to give me the asputations. (laughs) Here's an asputation for you webbed feet. She's kind of got that similar intonation that <laughs> Gabe had, where the, the words are all just one word. Is webbed feet a genetic mutation? Yeah. You can have some crazy looking genes, but they're all non-dominant. And so in your phenotype, the way it's expressed, you just look like everybody else. So that could be a mutant. But then you also have phenotype mutations where maybe your genes are misinterpreted. But in order to say like this is outside the norm, you have to have a definition of what the thing is. Like, there's no kennel club for all of humanity. Oof, there is, and it's called Cosmo Magazine, am I right? (laughs) Hello. Hello. What are the pros to webbed feet? You swim faster. You can Mm -hmm. carry stuff in between your toes easier, like water. You can't Mm -hmm. wear iron or brass brass knuckles, but for your feet, what would those be called? Brass fuckles? Brass fuckles (laughs) is definitely (laughs) the name. I'm gonna kick you so hard with my brass fuckles on. Those fuckles definitely <laughs> got to get used by people who don't have arms, right? Because those people are playing violin with their toes all the time, and they got special toe-driving yeah. uh, car steering wheels. So I'm sure mm-hmm. fuckles are a thing now that I think about it. I wonder if you can't do a lot of stuff with your feet, though, because of the web feet, like the violining. Do you think you can web violin your feet? I mean, I'm imagining actually using the webbing as the little... Nope, nope. Why would you do that? Don't imagine that. That's not how violin Uh, works. Sophia, Sandra, Julia, what's your name? Sharon. Sharon. What you got, Sharon? I wish my body was built for the CTA. What is the CTA? That is the Chicago Transit Authority. Oh. And it is definitely a environment that the human body is not created to withstand. And I understand just what this person is saying. Specifically, if I could have antibiotic skin that kills any bacteria or viruses that touch my skin, that would be very helpful. Also, if I could have chameleon fingers where I could walk up the wall and then just stick to the ceiling and read my book and not have to be crouched in with everybody. Yeah, I feel like I do have a body built for the CTA in that I am slim. Now, well, that's a that's a problematic thing to say. Maybe I won't say that, but what? I, Just saying you're slim is. Oh, right? so you're saying a big boy like me can't be on the CTA? Oh. Is that what you're saying? I just feel like I see big boys on the CTA, and I'm like, oh, that's uh, got to be annoying it's for rough. you to like sit down in the one available seat that's between two people and be like, there's no way oh, you're yeah. not touching those people and like sitting on mm-hmm. them slightly. No, that's definitely my life. I will never take a seat on the CTA unless like at least one seat available is free mm-hmm. because if somebody wants to sit next to me they they make that choice right. but i'm not gonna force somebody to sit next to my big ass mm-hmm. so i i did make fun of you at first but no it is definitely i kind of wish i was this more slender guy on the cta because it is so hard to fit in socially and not be like corrected with other people sure but yeah. then on the flip side it's kind of nice to be a big guy on the cta because there's some crazy shit that goes down sometimes And it's nice to be like, well, I'm a big guy, so I'll be fine. Sure. Yeah. I had a friend who is a bigger guy, too, and he was telling me he was there. He's got his phone out, scrolling through stuff, kind of got his elbows resting on his knees, holding his phone there out in front of him in the aisle. Another guy across the aisle doing the same thing, maybe a little bit smaller. This guy comes in. He's kind of loitering around in the aisle, Uh swipes the other guy's phone and just dashes off the train. The other guy took off after him and he was like, wow, that could have been me. I'm like, I wonder how much of that had to do with being a beef boy and just being perceived as someone who would like lay you out. Yeah. But I feel like I could outrun a beef boy easier than a small boy. So yeah, well, depends on the composition of that beef boy. It's interesting. The assumptions we make based on people's biology, huh? What if that Mm -hmm. beef boy is pure beef from the waist down, but it's grade A USDA beef that is built for running? Yeah. No way to know. Like I'm a chunky boy, but Dylan, you've seen my calves. Oh, they're glorious. Yeah. I love touching them. (laughs) So, so you want to 
fit in the space. You want to be microbially resistant. Mm-hmm. <laughs> microbially. Like, like in hospitals, they make the door handles out of copper because copper has a biological half-life of 24 hours. Right. Uh, so I just want copper skin. That just uh, kills all the bacteria mm. that touches me. Okay. I know on the RTD, which is the something of Denver, uh, <laughs> similar Denver's equivalent, regional transportation, uh, whatever. But I would, to survive better on that, I would chop my nose off maybe or develop nose flaps to seal nose up. Nose flaps. Oh, uh, yuck. Yeah. <laughs> you know how most animals have that second eyelid that is like translucent but covers it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. If I could be able to have my eyes closed but still see everything around me, that would be very hand- handy on the CTA. <laughs> Why is that? Because I was running the CTA last night and I was like, I'm not going to fall asleep, but I'm going to just close my eyes for a little bit, which you shouldn't oh. do. But if I just had yeah. a translucent third pair of eyelids, problem solved. Well, what if it's like a moth wing? It looks like an eye painted onto your eyelids. So yes. It looks like your, your yes. Clothes yes. As long as it's yeah. got a lot of mascara on. <laughs> That's a really good solution. <laughs> and they're purple. So we've built this boy, the CTA boy, and he's got copper skin, nose flaps, Mothra eyeballs, very slim and slender. We're talking Dylan from the waist up cam from the waist down yeah strong powerful legs Mm -hmm. here's the thing your chase comes from the legs but also your punch comes from the legs too so that's that's where you need that beef that's where you need the beef boy you finish your chase you get that phone back you punch that guy with your legs you do some leg punches then you walk back home with your (laughs) newly retrieved phone and what do you do you play violin with your feet You play the Jurassic Park theme with your feet. (laughs) And then you polish your fuckles. Yes, I love it. Thank you, listener. Thank you, Life Piler, Life Pile Army. You're a colonel in the Life Pile Army. Welcome to the war. (laughs) All right, Cheryl Crow, do we have any more submissions? That's all I had for you, fellas. And Shere Khan, if you could pick a mutation, what mutation would you like to have, Shere Khan? Ooh. I wish I could feel... Me too, Sharon. <laughs> oh my God. You really dinged it down right on the head. We're hitting here in Chicago. We're reaching what I like to call the sad times of the year mm. where the sun don't come up until you're in the office and it goes down before you get home and you just kind of feel nothing all the time. And if I could get a little taste of that mutation that let me feel, Sharon, ooh, girl. I'd be living the high life. And until then, Sharon, you'll just have to settle for what Cam does, which he pops in one of his Keurig K-cups, pours some Mountain Dew in it, a little bit of vodka, takes it like a shot, and then goes and waits outside behind the Walgreens to see if there are any homeless people he can fight. I am living my best life, living my best life every day. All right, y'all, that wraps it up for user submissions. Thank you. I'm proud of me, too. So why don't we send in the clones with Ryland Warner, who's bringing us our first segment. Ryland, take it away. Hey, guys. Uh, it's me, Ryland, and I'm here with a returning segment, an audience favorite, a new study show! Yay! Mutant edition. If you guys haven't heard this segment before, I go to Google.com. I type in a new study shows. This time I added the word mutant and I see (laughs) all of the new study results for our new study shows mutant. Oh, this is such a (laughs) slam dunk. Such a slam dunk. I did try also to do Bing.com since I'm such a binger. Uh, (laughs) I do say he's a binger. (laughs) I have mixed in some Bing results and you might be able to tell which one they are because they are completely irrelevant to a new study shows mutant. So it's really the people's search engine. It's not about showing you what you searched for. It's about anticipating a need and showing you what you think might be cool. Yes. yes. So first up, a new study shows that Ozzy Osbourne is a genetic mutant. So mm. I think he was married to our new intern and they got they divorced or maybe they're still together. I don't really know. But I Sharon, do you have anything to say about this? <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> My instinct is that Ozzy has the reverse mutation that our listener had. He's not tongue tied. He's tongue plentiful because he was in the that band. They were always flashing them tongues. 
I think you're thinking of Kiss, which Ozzy Osbourne wasn't in. <laughs> he was in that tongue band. Oh, yeah. And I did forget to mention at the beginning of this segment that I just read the headlines. <laughs> I have no clue what the studies actually say. So <laughs> all this segment is. Oh, it's beautiful. Although I do remember hearing this dumb article and I think the argument was that because he's not dead, it's a fucking miracle. So there must be something so. special with his genes. Yes, this guy's done hardcore drugs and alcohol for how many years and he's just kicking around still? Like, something's up with him. There's a lot of those old rockers that are like walking dead. What's his name? Uh, Steven Tyler. Oh, yeah. A literal skeleton wearing <laughs> leather bracelets. <laughs> So there's something up with it. Maybe if you bite a bat, you get immortality. Oh my God, vampires are real. Or if you loosen up your tongue and get it far out enough and then you put on makeup and then you also pretend to be another person in a different band, (laughs) then you can live forever. Did I tell you guys about the time when I was dating a girl in middle school and we hadn't kissed yet? And so um, I, I feel like maybe I've told no, this before, I no, you we, sure <laughs> have not. No, we, she, we hadn't kissed and I was too nervous to do it at that time. And so she like gave me an ultimatum, like <sighs> kiss me during this passing period. And she didn't say she was going to break up with me, but it was implied. Yikes. And so we met up during the passing period. We both knew why we were there <laughs> and, <laughs> and we were standing around waiting. I waited till the very end. The teachers were like, okay, guys, go, go get a class, get out of the hallway. Come on guys. And, uh, I got so nervous that I just leaned forward and I licked her from her chin to her nose. And then you got arrested oh. and you only recently got out. Yes, yes. Uh, A new study shows. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. Hold on. When you say you never kissed, and you never kissed this girl, or you had have you and you never kissed? I think I had kissed a girl before. I yeah. Without I mean, licking you know, her chin to nose. But it was her. just like a regular kiss, right? Yeah. 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 He didn't lick her chin to nose. I think just like the pressure of the moment. Like I could have kissed her if we didn't say, all right, during this time <laughs> with teachers yelling at us to leave and mm-hmm. she's expecting it and I'm supposed to do it. I think maybe I could have just kissed her, but because I was so, my heart was thumping, I had to lick. In your head, were you thinking like, oh, we'll laugh about this later. This will be really funny and this will be something we laugh about later <laughs> on. Or did no. you just like, did you just lose control of your body? <laughs> or did you have like a middle schooler's conception of what French kissing was that was kind of like an abstract <laughs> amalgamation of like different media that you'd consumed? And you're like, I know there's a tongue in there somewhere, but I don't quite know the logistics or what I'm supposed to do. Like a Picasso painting of makeouts. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it was going to be the cubist makeout. No, I think I just was like, uh, I'm a dog, I'm a dog, I'm a dog. Okay, all right. Well, a new study shows <laughs> that vaping increases risk of DNA mutations. I always, every time I'm about to ask around something about these articles, and then I have to remind myself, oh yeah, this is all he has read about it's this. Torture. It's the worst. <sighs> I think really what this means is that you know how annoying vapors are? Just people that love to vape and they love to talk to you about their rig and say, hey, you got that blueberry smoke in there? Oh, check this out. <laughs> now they're going to have superpowers and just be even more annoying. Mm. And X-Men are just going to be big vapors. Hey, I saved your life. Thank God for this sweet <laughs> rig I have. You got a USB <laughs> charger? I just need to juice her up real quick. <laughs> Yeah, how many ohms you got in that thing? Because I got metal blades in my hand. (laughs) 
They're like the new Oakley sunglasses. <laughs> I want to use one so bad. Do you want to get a rig real bad? I just, when I've been growing up, I've always been like fake smoking, mm-hmm. you know, just rolling up a piece of paper and pretending to smoke it. Like if it was just water vapor, I would definitely use one. And I think I can do that, but not put the stuff in and just use water and look real cool. Do you smoke smoke smoke? Do you smoke those sin sticks? Do you do the cigarettes? No, I don't. I love fake smoking. But it looks so cool, Rylan. Yeah. Well, I'm an asthmatic, so. Same. <laughs> You're an Aztec? Yeah. <laughs> I am that too. I'm a Pontiac Aztec. <laughs> <laughs> a flesh jelly Pontiac Aztec. Uh, just a fleshy juggler <laughs> juggling down the street. <laughs> a new study shows no one likes a person who's too hard to read. Zuz. <laughs> That's why we need to get the tail. It's us. And yes, this is a Bing result. Because it has yeah. nothing to do with mutations. <laughs> nope. <laughs> yes, it does. Because we need to all get the mutation of the tail because we'll be more readable and therefore more likable. Why do you think people like dogs so much? God. True. I'm such a fucking hypocrite, you guys. I'm... <laughs> <laughs> What is it? What is it, boy? We, we've we talked about it previously on the show. I do think there's bacteria in cat feces that gets into human brains and makes them actually want to take care of cats, these beings that otherwise we have no reason to want to be kind to. And I think I've fallen victim to that recently. And now I really understand the thought process behind <laughs> loving cats because the person I'm dating has a cat and it is my new best friend. Dylan... I love you. Thanks. And where some people would say, oh, you know what? I guess it was wrong about that. You say, I've been taken control by a sentient bacteria that makes me love this cat. <laughs> and you know what that is? That's style, baby. Ooh. Now, where's that bacteria that makes them love split tongues? Let's get that in there. Let's get <laughs> that up in there. I'll drop that in this yogurt. I think I got to vape some of Ozzy's hair. <laughs> A new study shows new crayfish that doesn't need males to mate becomes all powerful. What do you mean all powerful? No, you can't ask him because he didn't read the article. I did see this story a lot and I read other headlines that did give me some clues. This crayfish is cloning itself. Uh, That's all I know. (laughs) What if you get to heaven to the pearly gates and St. Peter lets you through and you meet God and he is a crayfish. Just like la 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 la. Click, 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 click. I'm like, send me to hell, baby. (laughs) Because two things. One are those bugs. They look like bugs. Yeah. They look like aquatic bugs. Giant water bugs. Yeah. Okay. So if those is bugs, then are those bugs from Louisiana or are they from another part of the U.S.? Because I know we got crayfish, we got crawfish, we got crawdads, and they all live in different places. I think they might all be the same thing. And it's like soda and Coke and pop and fizzy water. You're totally right. But I, I was doing oh. a goofer. <laughs> I'm sorry. What y'all grow up saying? Crawdad. I said crawdad. I said uh, shark. Shark. Look, there's sharks <laughs> flying through the air. Here's my thing. You don't like them because they're water bugs. Mm-hmm. But I really like bugs. Yep. And I like cats too. Well. And I wanted to tell you this story as an example. I was laying there falling asleep the other night and I want you to scurry past my head, but one of those house centipedes, Uh. the centipedes that have spider legs. So he scurried from over here up past the back of my head and I was like, what's up, cute little bug? No. Thanks for eating ants. And he really didn't bother me. And they ran by again and I was like, oh, cool. What's up? Mm -hmm. And then my roommate's cat came to snuggle because she's a snuggler and the bug ran by again and the cat just leapt over and ate it. Good. And I was like... I don't mind bugs. I don't mind cats. And this cat just ate this bug. But now there's no bug in my room. Life's good. Circle of life. Rylan, do you know what he's talking about? Have you seen these bugs? Uh, I've seen, you know, like centipedes. I live in a basement. You know what I'm talking well, about? Well, this is different. Oh, no. House centipede. You gotta a see a house centipede. I got a link centipede. for you, Rylan. There it is. It's just a furry centipede. 
Oh, why? Isn't you can't be worst? okay with this, Cam. Cam, you need loves to go to them. a doctor. <laughs> yeah, something's wrong if you like this thing. Like, Cam, I get it. I'm okay with these types of bugs when I'm awake, but I'm going to fall asleep near this bug, and who knows Ugh. what it's gonna do to my sleeping body. I can't have that. It's going to shoot eggs in your eye. Exactly. It's, <laughs> it's not be, that's a, a moose, right? It's there. not. <laughs> it's not a moose fly, okay? It's different. What an ultimate dig on someone to be like, you look so rough and busted up ass bitch that I thought you were a moose and I shot my eggs into you. <laughs> That's a wake up call if I ever heard. Wee woo, wee woo, get to Sephora, I guess. <laughs> a new study shows mutant mice resist addictive effects of cocaine. Good. Yeah, what I love about this is scientists are figuring out how can we love cocaine without mm. getting addicted to it. Let's figure this baby out because I want to use cocaine, but I don't want it to take over my life. Same. No. Oh, I like this. <laughs> Ryland, that's not how science works. You don't decide what you want the results to be and go out and get them. You test scenarios. And this is obviously a story of a very gullible scientist who gave some coke to some mice and then said, now you addicted to this. And the mice were like, no, I can quit anytime I want, but do give me more cocaine. Oh. And the scientist was like, oh, very interesting results. Okay, here's more cocaine. Wow. And then that, day after day, until he got published. Damn. And the mice is dressing up in a little suit and going out and selling stocks at the <laughs> stock market. And every day, just like, I don't need it. I can quit whenever I want. I'm not addicted at all. I can quit whenever I want. Now, give me one day's Coke. Oh, man. Mice already are really fast. Imagining a mouse on coke, that's going to be a fast mouse. Yeah, th that's the mouse they based that Windows 98 screensaver off of in that maze. <laughs> going so fast. <laughs> All right, a new study shows dogs can tell time and they judge you when you're late. Zuz. I heard a zuz, and yes, this is a Bing result because it has <laughs> nothing to do with mutations. Rylan, this is a competition, right? I, so I am yeah. winning. It is. Yes. Okay, cool. Yeah, I mean, oh. my dog has this amazing ability to know when it's 5 p.m. and my parents are supposed to feed him. Even though he can't hear anything, he can barely see anything, and he's just a rickety old little like dog-shaped sack of crackly bones. <laughs> I think if there's one major driving instinct for dogs, it's uh, food-related timers. And then the main driving force for cats is... Spite. <laughs> <laughs> what I hate is when... My dog knows I'm supposed to be going to a party at 6.30 and turns out it rolls around <laughs> to be 7 and he's looking at me and he's like, I know you're late wow. to this thing. Come on. You don't on. even have your pants on yet, huh? Jeez. <laughs> Look at you there. You, know, you mess. Interesting. Amazing Race was on at 7.30 and yet here you are at 7.48 just <laughs> waltzing in like we didn't have plans or something. Funny. <laughs> I can see the calendar. It's on the fridge. Okay. I can tell time, you piece of shit. <laughs> A new study shows KFC mutant chickens are not real. So I'm disappointed. I am not. God damn it. I wish you would read these fucking articles. <laughs> what does that mean? Oh, I guess that could mean. Who thought they were real? Maybe I understand where Rylan's coming from. Is this like the GMOs discussion where people are like, no, GMOs. And then it's like, no, there's been a lot of good GMOs. And like, just because something's genetically modified doesn't mean it is poison or like radioactive. Well, and then there's the extreme end of that where it's like these chickens could be genetically modified to have super big boobies to the point that they can't like look at anything. Mm -hmm. They're those chickens we were just looking at earlier. Those giant ass oh. chickens. They're not chickens anymore. They're horses. So maybe like a nice C cup chicken is like what I'm comfortable <laughs> with. But anything over than that, we might need to get a augmentation. I keep talking about this with people and I guess nobody bought into this urban legend that I bought into. Kentucky Fried Chicken used to be called Kentucky Fried Chicken and then they changed the name to KFC and everybody was like, oh, they can't call it chicken anymore because it's not <gasps> technically a chicken. They have some sort of monster that they're getting this meat off of. Oh, it's like sometimes I wish you would get off Reddit and then sometimes I'm so glad that you can just be like a mine, like a well that I can throw my bucket down into the abyss and see what you pull up for me. This was like back when I was in elementary school. Do you remember this, Cam? You've been 
on Reddit that long? <laughs> I do remember hearing this as a kid. And that's one of those urban legends that it's like, there's no rhyme or reason. <laughs> if they're selling a monster bird and they're like, well, we can't call it chicken or else the FDA will tell uh, tell people, hey, they're selling monster bird, not chicken. Why does changing it to initials have the FDA go like, well, we know you're selling monster birds, but we'll keep it secret for now. As long as you're not calling it chicken. As long as you're calling it C and not chicken. <laughs> when, you know, the restaurant's known as being KFC, Kentucky Fried Chicken. So, you know, you you found the loophole. You got off this time. What's the reasoning? <laughs> it doesn't make any fucking sense. Yes, it does, Cam. This happens all the time. This just happened with Dunkin' Donuts. They recently changed their name to just Dunkin'. And why? They're not selling real donuts anymore, Cam. Do you want to know what those fucking donuts are made out of? Chicken. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Uh, Dylan, I do think one correction for you. They did actually change the name to Duncan D's. Do you have another segment for us, Ryan? (laughs) (laughs) A new study shows. These what? These nuts. (laughs) Mutant gene gives pigeons fancy hairdos. Oh, I've seen these babies. What? Like a pigeon with an Elvis? Not with an Elvis. A pigeon with a Barbra Streisand? Bird with Spanky. Oh, here's the image that comes with the article that you are reading from. (laughs) So, Dylan, say you're having a bad hair day. Do Mm. you go get your (laughs) jeans modified so that you have a good hair day like these pigeons? Absolutely. My hair has been the constant bane of my existence ever since I was eight years old. And I wanted to look more like my uh, whiter friends who had frosted tips and straight hair that they could just rub gel in and like, boom, it looked just like the Backstreet Boys. Flash forward to high school where I wanted to look like my white friends who had seen hair that was just long and straight and in their eyes all the time. And I had to do a lot of extra heat and work and hat wearing and blow drying and flat ironing in order to get it to look that way. Cut to now where everyone has the same fucking short on the sides long on top john draper hitler youth ass haircut (laughs) that i'm trying to keep up with and it involves a lot of heat and straightening and hats and flat ironing so if i could get some sort of or i guess i could just fucking like love myself for once (laughs) yeah dylan what's what's your hair like when you just let it be itself y'all ain't never seen this i have very curly Latin hair. My mom is 100% Mexican, so my hair is like curly. Wow. Dylan, just let it be itself. I want to see it. Yeah, but but then no one's going to be horny for me. That's not true. Oh my God, Dylan, you're the horniest... I know. Horniest man alive. <laughs> I, I hornify people. That is you. Fact. You hornify the hell out of everyone who sees you. And you having beautiful curly hair, loving yourself, yeah. is just going to multiply it. It's nothing, nothing makes people hornier than surfing those curly locks. You know what I'm talking about? Ride that uh, wave. Ride you know that wave. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'll consider it. Okay. I'm done considering it. I'm not going to do it. <laughs> All right. A new study shows careful mouse tests could forecast fate of angel man drugs. Do you guys know what the fuck angel man drugs are? I know angel dust used to be the name for, what was it, Cam? Was it cocaine? BCP. Oh. BCP. What's Mm. that? I've never heard of that drug. Is that an ingredient in something? Uh, Yeah, it's in a lot of Asian food. (laughs) Good God. (laughs) No, Rylan, you're thinking of MSG. It's what those pipes are made out of that they build rigs out of. Right, yes. Mm-hmm. Oh no, that's PVC. Sorry, I'm thinking of that band <laughs> they wear the clown makeup. <laughs> so angel man drugs. I think I'm guessing that they make you into an angel. You sprout wings, get a get a halo. I'm just thinking about like uh, lots of biblical accounts of angels are like yes, wings, person, robes, harp, <laughs> and uh, then some accounts of angels are like rotating wheels covered in eyeballs with a lion's head and then like the arms of a goat and then there's wings and it's a light that you can't look at or you'll lose your mind (laughs) so it's like yeah i don't know or maybe you just sprout wings i've never heard of an eyeball wheel angel yeah dog all right this is gonna be our most visual (laughs) referency episode ever because this one's also gonna go 
What the hell? So you can check this out on our Instagram again, everybody. And if you're not, go ahead and give us a follow there because we are increasingly making this a visual podcast. You're not going to understand the show at all if you're not looking. So here, Ryland, I'm linking you to a biblical description of an angel and what it looks like based on that. Oh, what? That is, those are wheels of eyeballs. Those are actual (laughs) eyeballs all over that wheel. Yeah, That whole little diatribe I went on was like based on something. (laughs) It wasn't Dylan being random. Yeah. Oh my God. So mice are going to look like this? Yep. (laughs) No, no, no. Careful (laughs) testing will blah, blah, blah. Angel drugs. No, yeah. Can't. Ryland, pay attention. (gasps) Wow. I'm excited for that future. But for our last, a new study shows. Your tears can produce electricity. No. <laughs> zuz. Not a mutation. No. Not a mutation. It, not. I did hear Dylan Zuz. Is that right, Dylan? Dylan Zuz? That's right. That gives Dylan three points. Cam zero. Dylan yeah. is the Bing spotter. Congratulations, boom, boom, Dylan. Boom, boom, boom. Thank you so much. So there's salt in tears, maybe? Morton salt in my tears. Does that equal electricity? That's why when you drop your cell phone in the ocean, when you pull it out, it's fully charged. Right. I imagined this as people, they have a little water mill in front of them and they're just leaning <laughs> forward and crying into the wheel. Oh. <laughs> and like, as we get worse and worse environmentally, people are getting sadder and sadder. And I think this is the solution. Just yes. cry into a water wheel. This is absolutely how we're going to turn millennials into renewable energy for the future. <laughs> That's why everything seems so sad lately. It's because we're trying to save the earth. If we can just get us all sad enough, get these little water wheels a spinning, we could save the planet. Please. Yes. I'm imagining yes. like wind turbine farms, but instead it's just fields as far as the eye can see of millennials <laughs> sitting on little stools in front of their own personal water wheel with a little laptop set up and they're just watching episodes of Queer Eye. <laughs> Eating ramen. <laughs> That's all I can afford. Well, Ryland, thank you for all the things you do for science and for us by propagating what is already a problematic issue in science reporting. You've really boiled <laughs> down the issue into its worst components. So thank you for that. But up next, we have yellow-throttled bird thrush we have Kingfisher Dylan Bergassa with a very special segment. Dylan, shock us, ah us, tease us. On April 25th, 1986, it's 11.04 p.m. Workers near the town of Pripyat in the Ukrainian SSR began testing the viability of a potential safety emergency core cooling feature on a nuclear reactor site. What would happen over the course of the next two hours and 19 minutes was recorded by control panel instruments. An abnormal power spike was recorded, causing fuel rods to fracture. Fuel elements were then released into the reactor's coolant, causing an astronomical reactor jump. The last recorded power level on the reactor's control panel was 33,000 megawatts of thermal energy, which is 47 times higher than the intended 700 megawatt level of the test. What happened in the next 40 seconds can only be hypothesized by mathematical simulation and speculation because the control panel was fried. It speculated the blast of the first explosion tore through the roof of the reactor building, the first sign of disaster that most employees heard that night. A second, more powerful explosion occurred two or three seconds later. According to observers outside the Unit 4 building, burning lumps of material and sparks shot into the air and came crashing down on the roof of the main hall, setting fire to the rest of the facility. As employees fled, one survivor, Alexander Yuvchenko, remembers seeing a, quote, very beautiful blue light that appeared to flood up into infinity. What he was seeing was the rapid ionization of air around the reactor as strontium, uranium, and plutonium isotopes were dumped all over the surrounding landscape, material whose half-lives will remain hazardous for centuries, even thousands of years. In the nearby village of Pripyat, townspeople continued to sleep, oblivious to the disaster that occurred in the middle of the night. It wouldn't be for another 36 hours after a full workday, a wedding celebration, reports of severe headaches, metallic tastes in their mouths, incessant coughing, vomiting, 52 hospitalizations, and two deaths, that they were informed that there had been a disaster at the Chernobyl nuclear power plant and that 130,000 people were to be evacuated immediately. 
So what's the aftermath of a nuclear disaster like Chernobyl look like for the humans and other animals that live there? In present day, as you can imagine, Pripyat is a veritable ghost town. Lush plant life has overgrown the streets and buildings, which are in fact teeming with different types of wildlife now. You've got European gray wolves, wild boars, and moose that wander around between derelict buildings. In fact, the Zawalski's horse, a nearly extinct species of wild horse, was introduced to the area and are now seeing steadily increasing numbers. So, is it like we see in the movies, where everyone immediately transforms into monsters that are real mad about it, so they eat unwitting visitors every chance they get? Short answer is no. No, not really. Lame. Long answer, however, is that it varies animal to animal, species to species. And as always, you can expect some frisky humans being real over the top about it and doing some things that aren't super advisable. Frisky humans? Yeah, they're just getting all up in those exclusion zones, playing around in the radiation like a bunch of freaks. (laughs) So frisky. (laughs) Animals like birds, for example, are particularly vulnerable to becoming sterile on account of radiation. Chernobyl researcher Andres Moller says, I can go out blindfolded to a random location in Chernobyl and I'd be able to tell you the level of radiation based on the amount of audible bird song in the area. Oh, wow. However, researchers worry that radiation might be spreading outside of the exclusion zone. The first obvious concern is birds. Like I said, birds are usually the first to be killed off by radiation poisoning or mutated reproductive systems, but the remaining birds like ravens, hawks, eagles, owls, storks, and a variety of songbirds seem content to stay in the exclusion zone where there's a decreased number of predators. Hmm. One researcher noted that the radioactive cooling pond on site at Chernobyl has become a favorite spot for local swans to paddle around. Oh my God. Then let's turn our eye to mammals. A sample of 30 wild boars were taken in the area surrounding, I think I'm saying this wrong, Gavle, Gavel in Sweden. <laughs> Only six of those 30 boars were below the safe radiation limit. Oh, wow. That's Sweden. And it's in large part because those boars are eating radioactive mushrooms from around the Chernobyl site. So wolves are also one of the animals that are thriving most in Chernobyl and a big concern. Researchers recently outfitted a group of them with these tracking collars that also measure radiation levels so the wolves can wander around the area and map radiation remotely for researchers, which is kind of clever. Yeah. The experiment... Took an unexpected turn, though, when the wolves actually began to wander outside of the exclusion zone, and one wolf was recorded as having traveled from the zone towards Belarus into the Ukraine and eventually up into Russia, the total trip lasting for 250 miles. Wow. Biologist Timothy Mousseau isn't worried, though. He says... Over evolutionary time, we expect that populations will return to normal after the mutagen disappears. Radionucleotides decay, hot sites eventually cool down, mutations become less frequent, and healthy animal and plant populations recolonize the sites. So the genetic status quo returns, except if mutations have occurred that permanently enhance fitness, but that's very rare. But y'all, I wouldn't feel right doing this segment on all these mutant animals without giving you the goods. So I do have some sort of textbook alarming mutations for you. Yay! Suffering! (laughs) So the majority of bizarre mutations occur immediately after a nuclear event, and the animals most susceptible are baby animals and unborn animals because their cells are more likely to be replaced by radioactive ones. So some of the most notable mutations we've seen around the world as a result of nuclear radiations, not just Chernobyl, I'm talking nuclear waste that's being poured into rivers, other places, or Fukushima or places like that. We see a bunny that was born near the Fukushima disaster was born without ears. It's kind of cute. But it is being robbed of its one thing that it's known for. Isn't that just a squirrel at that point? Oh, or a gerbil, maybe. Ah, gerbil. When is the last time you saw a bunny run up a tree? Yeah. You guys can check this out on our Instagram. I'm going to send a picture of this bunny to Ryland and Cam. What a fun Instagram this is going to be this (laughs) time It's going to be like (laughs) so fucking long. Oh, oh God. It's cute. Yeah, very cute. (laughs) What? It suddenly becomes repulsive to you because it doesn't have ears? Well, I think the red bloody eye is really what uh, repulses That's me. That's a common rabbit thing. Yeah. Yeah. You're just distracted. Here's the thing, Ron. Does you spend so much time looking at the ears that you've never noticed that <laughs> rabbits always look like they're fucking terrified? Yeah. Rabbits always look like a man with an axe and a hockey mask just broke down yeah. their front door. They need that those vertical stripes of the ears to draw my eyes away from their terrified eyes. Ah, <laughs> mm-hmm. okay. I've got 
our next animal for you guys. I'll just drop this one in the chat before I say it so I can get your reaction. Oh my god. It's a little spider cow. So this is a lamb that's born with eight legs. Cam is right. It is a spider lamb. Oh no. <laughs> it seems like it's fine. I feel like it would just be more annoying. I don't know if it's fine. <laughs> more annoying? More annoying to for the animal oh, to like move animal. from one place to another. Yeah. <laughs> Not to just be its next door neighbor and hear it clomping around so much more now. Oh my god, I fully <laughs> Quiet down I up there. live underneath one of these lambs that has eight <laughs> oh. legs. Our next animal is this. Oh god. So oh these frogs God. were born completely translucent. So oh you can God. see all their muscle tissue, circulatory systems, and skeletons. It is wild. Wow. They're invisible, basically. Well, not quite invisible. <laughs> these are invisible <laughs> seen fro a lot. frogs. And they can be in our superhero group along <laughs> <Yeah>. with <laughs> Dilatella Versace. And the Juggler. And the Juggler. But this is supposed to be because of irradiation? They're, they've turned it in? Yeah, these are things that happened, I guess, to babies or in utero frogs. This one, I don't know if I'm going to put it in the show, but I just wanted Rylan to see it because he's going to have some opinions. Um, Is it somebody eating a burrito oh, sideways? No, what the fuck? <laughs> like corn on the cob. Oh, oh, this is beautiful. No, it's not. It's a pig with a monkey face. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Horrifying. Yeah. Oh my god, this pig has a monkey face and he's hungry. Looks like he just had some milk. Oh it does look like he just had some milk. This monkey pig was pig. born in the town of Ciego de Avila in central Cuba with the face of a monkey. It did die four days after this photo was taken. Is there radioactive Cuba? Um, I think there's radioactive everywhere because <laughs> as far as I can tell, I actually read this statistic. As of 2017, there were 448 nuclear reactors in operation worldwide with nearly 60 more under construction. So as far as I can see it, we just got nuclear waste factories just churning this stuff out, <sighs> pumping it into every river and lake we can find because mm -hmm. that's what humanity mm -hmm. does. Do mm -hmm. keep in mind mutations like this happened anyway yeah. before. That's true, but it was always sad and we never felt good about it. I feel good about monkey pig. But we found a way to laugh about it on our podcast. <laughs> yes. That's what's important. And then I don't know that I'm going to give you guys photo references for this because you've seen it time and time again. I feel like one of these bubbles up once every two months. But a very common mutation that gets associated with nuclear mutation is uh, polycephaly, otherwise known as... The condition of having two faces or heads. Oh, so you got a cat with two heads, a cow with two heads, a lamb, fish, turtle. Mm -hmm. We're all different mutants that I saw. You guys ever heard about that guy who had a little head face in the back of his head? And he used to say that it would whisper terrible things to yeah, him. No. Yeah. Terrible, terrible things. This is from a book, isn't it? Or a movie? I've heard it as real life. Oh, I've got an internet... <laughs> Hole for no, Dylan to I'm not going to go down it. Down. I hate it. <laughs> well, Dylan, I think you've maybe thrown some aspersions and some shade at nuclear mutations. Mm -hmm. So why don't we get a little bit more of the truth and the facts in here and talk about the positive side of exposing biological things to atomic energy. I don't believe it when I see it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm on Dylan's side. Oh, well, you see it every single day. Whoa. Atomic gardening, and this is all straight from Wikipedia, is a form <laughs> of mutation breeding where plants are exposed to radioactive sources, typically cobalt-60, in order to generate mutations, some of which turn out to be useful. The practice of plant irradiation has resulted in the development of over 2,000 new varieties of plants, most of which are now used in agricultural production. One example is the resistance to verticillium wilt of the Todd's Mitchum cultivar of peppermint, which was produced from a breeding and test program at Brookhaven National Laboratory from the 1950s. Additionally, the Rio Star grapefruit developed at the Texas A&M Citrus Center in the 1970s now accounts for over three quarters of the grapefruit produced in Texas. Wow, that's a lot of fruit that I don't like to eat. <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> 
Beginning in the 1950s, Atomic Gardens were part of Atoms for Peace, a program to develop peaceful uses of fission energy. So they pretty much like published a book on atomic gardening for the layman and invited people to practice in atomic gardening, crowdsourcing the scientific research to people all over. This sounds like our genetic kit guy from a few weeks back with Blair. Yeah. Right? There's nothing new under the sun. Gamma Gardens, and I love that term, Gamma Gardens. (laughs) That's what your mom's going to be named when she has grandchildren. Let's go to Gamma Gardens house. That's what I'm, that's what I love it. Gamma Gardens were typically five acres in size. Now it just makes me giggle and think about my mom. (laughs) (laughs) Gamma Gardens were typically five acres in size and were arranged in a circular pattern with a retractable radiation source in the middle so kind of just a cobalt elevator right in the center of the circular farm plants were usually laid out like slices of pie stemming from the central radiation source this pattern produced a range of radiation doses over the radius from the center Radioactive bombardment would take place for around 20 hours, after which the scientists wearing protective equipment would enter the garden and assess the results. The plants nearest the center usually died, while the ones further out often featured tumors and other growth abnormalities. Beyond these were the plants of interest, with a higher than usual range of mutations, though not to the damaging extent of those closer to the radiation source. These gamma gardens have continued to operate in largely the same designs as, the, as those conceived in the 1950s. We still have them? It's not nearly anywhere as popular as it is. I think there might be one or two in operation. But a whole bunch of the fruits and vegetables you eat only exist because of Gamma Gardens. Name one. (sighs) Fine. I'll get a list. I'm taking this from 99% Invisible, that beautiful podcast. Because of radiation breeding experiments, there are over 2,000 plant varieties that have been released into the global food system. These include a strain of wheat in Italy, varieties of rice throughout Asia, certain pears in Japan, and a breed of sunflower in the United States, just to name a few. Mm. Okay, but what, what are the benefits of these compared to the normal ones that we already had? Usually, like, you'll end up with stuff of like increased food production or sometimes they'll just grow bigger in general, or sometimes they're more resilient to uh, dangerous stuff outside. There's a really great picture on the Wikipedia article. (laughs) I I love the caption of this. Former Atomic Gardening Society President Muriel Howarth shows popular garden writer Beverly Nichols a two-foot-high peanut plant grown from an irradiated nut in her own backyard. Is that big for a peanut plant? I think so. All right. Muriel coming in hot with that nut. (laughs) She's laying a hot (laughs) nut down on that man. Right in her own backyard. So what I wanted to ask you, fellas, after proving once and for all that it is extremely advantageous to put things in a circle around a nuclear hotspot and then let the inner ones die and then find those sweet mutations on the outside ones. Obviously, I've convinced you guys that atomic gardening is a good practice for the past, present, and future. Definitely. So my question for y'all... What other things should we be exposing to Cobot 90 in a kind of a pie shape? So glad that you asked, Kim, because not that I wasn't impressed by this, but let's face it, wheat, rice, sunflower seeds, not eating those too often, but I could come up with some other things that I would love to irradiate. Ooh, let's hear them, Dylan. I'm excited. Okay, I had examples when I started this thought, <laughs> and I'm going to say them for you now. Here I go. I have examples, and I'm ready to say them with my mouth. And a one and a two, I, and here we go. I can think of something. Oh, all right. Well, Rylan, if you're going to cut me off, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> well, I love this idea just for personal use, not for stuff that I would sell. Well, maybe I could sell. <gasps> I could sell. Okay. All, all right, right. Rylan, you have to let us in on when you have these brain journeys. You have to take us with. <laughs> all right. I go to a Best Buy. I buy all of the tiniest TVs that they have. <laughs> And I take them to my circular farm. I plant them 
in the ground. They get irradiated and get bigger, dude. Then I got a big TV Ooh. for the price of a small one. I can sell the ones that I don't use. It's a genioso. Plus, maybe not just bigger. Maybe you end up with a 3D TV. Ooh. Maybe you end up with one of those TV mats that you can roll out around corners. Or a smell-o-vision you know? TV, get that oh. Muppets 4D going oh. so that I could really be there. You're just like Muriel Howworth. You throw that irradiated nut in your backyard. You don't know what you're going to get. If I could make a radioactive TV that I can reach in and stroke a Muppet with, I would be happy. Oh, my God. (laughs) Yes. That would finally make me happy. Yes. You could feel again. feel again. Yes. Feel television. Oh, The only thing I'm thinking of is gummy lifesavers. I would just want bigger, (laughs) juicier gummy lifesavers. Last episode, Ryland mentioned big nerds for Halloween. I'm ready for big gummies, and they're already hoop-shaped. Perfect. I think these lifesavers would be a real lifesaver in my human juggler car. Because <laughs> if you're riding that baby, you're just in a rib cage. There's not a whole lot of cushioning. So <laughs> you got to put those lifesavers in. Protect yourself. You only look like a car on the outside. And then on the inside, it's just a cavity. Ew. <laughs> so you're telling us that the juggler still has bones when he morphs? And yeah. there's just these broken, twisted bones around? How do you think I keep my ju- bones floating? in gelatin. He looks just like one of those irradiated frogs. <laughs> Ugh. Do I have to do an enema before I give people a ride? Oh, jeez. Uh-huh. Okay. So this episode well. has gotten fun. Life Pio podcast is the only <laughs> podcast for introverts who draw pictures of finches and then go, hey, wait a second. <laughs> We want to thank the aliens for the tech. We want to thank the gamma rays for the grapefruits. We want to thank Scott Davis for doing the music for our show. If you guys want to be a part of the show, you can be. You can call in at 720-663-8163. 720-663-8163. You can leave a voicemail or you can text that number too about, uh, I don't know, maybe what you would like to do in a human car. A human jelly car. <laughs> and if you're so focused on what you want to do in that human juggler car and you can't remember the numbers Ryland just said, we got a snazzy button on our Instagram profile that'll type in those numbers for you and give us a ring-a-ding-dong over to our voicemail. Nobody ever answers. It is always a safe space for you to just talk about your day or what you wish would happen on the show or corrections for us. Yes. Really, anything you want to say in that voicemail, we'd love it when you give us a jingle jangle. Mm-hmm. You can also respond to our listener prompts that we put up on our Instagram story. We've also got social media, including Twitter, Facebook, Tumblr. Those are all going to be at Lifepile Show. So go ahead and give us a follow if you want to keep up on the latest episodes. And like I've said a million times in this episode, see all the visual references we make while we're talking about the things that we talk about. Yay. If you want to catch me this week, I will be right outside the door of the office of Charles Xavier. He's having tea with Atomic Gardening Society President Muriel Howarth. And as they clink their glasses together, the lightning strikes the thunderstorm outside. And I bash down the office door and I'm holding a donut aloft in my hand. And I say, don't you see what this means? We only need the outside part. Why do we keep killing all these plants? We could just put them on the outside ring all the time instead. And then I think they might murder me to hide the truth. Dylan, where can we catch you this week? Cam, this week I'm going to be riding the rails, riding the CTA, back and forth to work, clocking in, clocking out, working hard, barely working, and I'm going to finally get on the train and I'm going to sit down in my seat and then someone who's a little bit bigger than me is going to sit down and I'm going to have to be touching their shoulder ever so slightly. It's going to be so annoying and I'm like, come on, guy, you kind of just like stood over there and then the voice that comes out of the face that's in my neck will say, that's kind of fucked up. Why don't you just let the guy sit there Dylan I'm say, you shut up Necky <laughs> <laughs> and uh, if you guys want to see me this week I'm going to be doing a little surprise competition type thing I'm, I'm working for Uber this weekend so if you uh, order an Uber and you hear a Oh, no. Right outside your door as the Uber's about to arrive. Hey, I think you just want a ride, baby. Climb on in. Life Pile Podcast. Light your life on fire.